What's good? I'm Brian Vincent. Me and my friends are trying to level up every single day in every single way. My purpose is simple. Shed light on the mindsets and actions to help you become who you want to be. Join me and guests from all walks of life as we try to help you level up and stay woke. Welcome to the Next Level Woke Podcast. Let's go get it. I just got the check for the positive. 750 for the sound way to get it processed. Won't stop to that shit. Weighing down my pockets. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the next Level Woke podcast. Guys, today's episode will be nothing short of crazy. And that's because today's guest has had a crazy transformation. This is a story of someone who knew they wanted better for themselves and put in the work to make it happen. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with my friend from across the pond. He's been on the New Zealand television to share his amazing story. He's lost 100 kilograms on his journey to improve himself so far, and he's done levels to change who he's not just physically, but mentally. Joy Tanifa, thank you for taking the time, and welcome to the next Little World Podcast, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. What an intro, eh? What an intro. So good. <laughs> hey, we we got to start off right with that positive energy, you know what I'm saying? That's what we do here. Brother, how are you doing, man? Yeah, good, bro. Good. Really good, eh? Doing yeah. so well. Yeah. You were you were up yeah, there in, in, in Perth, Western Australia, you said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Down here in Perth. I'm so hot, eh? It's like 43 degrees today. 43? And, um, 43 today. Yeah. Living the dream. How the fuck do you? <laughs> yeah, oh 43. God. It's been like that all, all week. Yeah, all week. That's like literally like an oven, bro. Damn. Yeah, it is, bro. It is. It's like walking outside at six o'clock in the morning, and it's probably like thirty-six in the morning. So, yeah, it's crazy, bro. But it's good morning. though. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I can't say I've been there. I love to come visit. Maybe not. Is it always that hot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Western yeah, Australia yeah. is like it's close to all the deserts and stuff. Is in Western Australia. So hey, you warm. must have some pretty uh, cool wildlife over there, then, huh? Yeah, yeah, we do a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's all right, eh? But yeah. um, like I've seen a few snakes and stuff just roaming the streets and oh hell and the kangaroos no. are everywhere. It, it's good, bro. I love it. I haven't so even good. seen a live kangaroo before in my life. Oh, haven't you? Yeah, oh, wow. I, yeah, I know. I know they're out here in, in Sydney for maybe like an hour, yeah. two hour drive. There should be kangaroos. I want to proper experience the wildlife here in Australia because I know that you guys are known for that. Growing up, I was a yeah. huge fan of Steve Irvin, if you're familiar with oh, him. Yeah, yeah man he's yeah. my guy yeah. joey talk to us first and foremost about before your journey began what led you to the place that you were in so from the start like i've always been a big person even when i was little i grew up like being the big kid in the in the classroom you know and um but i was a person that was always like i love sports so i always played rugby you know and stuff like that so and, and everyone always thought i played rugby anyway because i was a big kid yeah. growing up and um but then i used to like cricket as well so i used to be like the biggest kid ever playing cricket and um Damn. okay like okay i've got a photo yeah but i've always been a big person and um my my family the genes our family genes is quite big so um, my mom and dad were big as well they have always you know health problems as well so that ran through our family so they probably had all all the sicknesses like you know diabetes high blood pressure heart problems and stuff like that so we're pretty much had that going through our family and I have two other siblings but I was always been the big kid always always been the big kid and um but I never had health problems okay I just I was just I was just big just big and um yeah yeah 
But um, but yeah, that, that's just the, you know, from when I was growing up. And then my parents got, uh, my dad got really sick and he had a stroke. So I was 17. Yeah, I was 17. I was still at school and um, he had a stroke and he it happened on the road. So he fell in the middle of the road, Jesus had a stroke Christ. and then um, no one helped him. And then people, um, then the ambulance and all that came and the police came. And then um, I was, because that day I was still at school and the police came to my school because the last thing he could say was my name and the school I went to. And then after that, his stroke kicked in and his slur, like he couldn't talk and stuff like that. So the police came to the school and then one of the teachers said, oh, Joey, we need you in the office. Um, someone's here to see you. So I was like, okay. And then when I was walking to the office, I could see the two policemen waiting at the door. And I was like, oh, man. Fuck. Like I was thinking, oh, what, did my, what did my brother do? Or what did my sister do? You know, something bad. But then they just told me that um, my dad had a stroke and he was in hospital and they had no way of contacting my family. So they had to come say, they came to see me because it, last words was my my name and um so i had to go tell my mom so they took me home and told my mom uh, i had to go and tell my mom that my dad was in the hospital and and then my siblings were there too so we all drove to the car went to the hospital and then um he fell into a cardiac arrest where you know everything just kicks in and like he couldn't talk or nothing like that and um he passed away and then Exactly a year after, my mum, she was going in for operation for her varicose veins. So it's like blockages in the vein. And the doctor said to her, oh, you know, we will unblock them so your future will be like, you know, good. You know, so nothing else happened. So she went to the hospital and then, um, so I think just uh, she was going into hospital. I think that morning, six o'clock in the morning, when we were ready to take her to the hospital for her operation, like something just felt weird. She just said to us, you'll do well, you'll be okay. We'll see you when you come out in two hours. But just something that she said was, we knew something was going to happen. Because she said, look after each other, okay? Just look after each other. She went into hospital and then she was in there for 12 hours. So she died on the operating table twice. And then she came back out of it. And then she was in a coma for probably about two, three days, I think. And then she came out of it. And then she was getting better, like, the doc, like for two weeks and the doctor said to her, oh you can go home tomorrow you can go home tomorrow and be home with your family and we we're all excited mom was happy and she was okay no worries so she goes oh, she was still in hospital at the time she said okay i'll go and have a shower so she went in the shower and she fell over and she had a cardiac arrest and then she passed away so exactly a year after my dad passed away so i was still at school we was still young it was due to health problems so our family had those kind of things and me being a big person, I always felt like I was going to, I was pretty much following in their shoes. Like I was pretty much going their way as well. And I knew that um, if there was going to be a ch change in our family, it had to be me. I had to make those choices. Because I knew, because after they passed away, you know, I ate more and I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And to me, at the time, it didn't feel like I was any, anyone different. Like I felt I was normal. Being the size I was, I felt like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm all right with that. Like, no one sees me as someone huge. But I think people did see me, but they didn't tell me that. So I just that felt okay. I was okay like that. So just after my parents passed away, I was just getting bigger. And, and then I think just as, you know, Polynesians and Kiwis and stuff, we, we just turned to food for everything. Yeah. So to me, it didn't feel like I was that big. Like, yeah. I just felt I was normal. It yeah. felt normal to you. Yeah, until I made some changes in my life. Because I had to. Like, I pretty much had to. Because I felt like I was pretty much walking in my mom and dad's shoes. So, First of all, I'm so sorry to hear about your parents and the yet that you had to go through 
all of that at such a young age. Yeah. Sorry, I, you just made me kind of speechless. I'm, I'm happy to see where you are right now, trying to make the best of your life. You're not letting your, your genetics and your family define who you are. You're actually now trying to take control and trying to make your own world a better place. And I'm all for it, brother. So, you know, make sure you self-reflect, look back and give yourself a clap on the shoulder because, man, that takes a lot of courage, a lot of guts. And I, I'm sure that you must have had a lot going through your mind wanting to go through that change man talk to us a little bit about that i moved to australia and then i moved to a town called port headland where you know here in perth it's 43 degrees but in port headland it's 50 degrees and it probably only rained once like people actually live there like 50 degrees how, yeah. how do you even i don't i, I can't cope that it's insane yeah the hottest the hottest town in australia is on yeah like half an hour from the town that I was living in. So like being, you know, at my heaviest at that time was 256 kgs. So I was at my heaviest then. And um, you know, being that big in a town where it's 50 degrees, man, you can't even walk. You know, like I'm sweating, just waking up, getting out, like walk out the door, I'm sweating. 256 and, um, kg at your heaviest. How tall are you, if I may ask? 178. So like I struggled to walk. And my heaviest, I probably struggled to walk like 10 meters without losing my breath or just sweating or just being tired, like, and just want to sit there for, you know, for ages because I couldn't do it. And um, being in a town like that, I I needed to make those changes because I knew, you know, my future wasn't, there was no going to be no future for me if I didn't make those changes. Right, right. And I, so I, I said to myself, okay, what am I going to do to, to change? And I said, okay, I had to do something that I thought I would never want to do. Right. And I, 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 had, I had to commit myself to something that I thought, okay, what is something I could do? So I, I committed to do, I signed up for the 12K City to Surf Run. So I was like, how the heck am I going to run 12K when I can't even walk 10 meters? Right. You know? Yeah, and shit. then I was like, just, but um, I, I got online, I paid for it and I signed up and I had six months to try and run 1K or 12Ks. Like, I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to train? Like, what am I going to do to get to where I want to? So I've got six months to get to this 12K when I can't even run 10 meters. How am I going to do this? Right. So I used to, when I used to, I used to work in like a, um, a hardware store in Port Hedland. So the shed, like it was a shed and it was hot. And, and I used to see these two girls that I used to work with. And they used to come into work and they used to have like really sore legs. And I was like, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> like, oh, we trained last, we trained last night and... Man, we've got sore legs. And I was like, man, I need that. I need that kind of pain. Yeah. Not, not the pain that I, I've, like, not the pain that I have sore legs because I'm just walking, but right. the pain of knowing that I actually work to get that pain. So I said to them, can you take me to your trainer? Like, who's your trainer? Like, take me to them. So, like, yeah, yeah, come, come to, come tomorrow. 100 things in my head, you know, right. going like, oh man, he's probably going to make me run. He's probably going to make me do this, lift heavy, do all this stuff. So my mind's going 100 miles an hour. And, I turned up to his house and then um, he said to me, he goes, oh, you're Joey. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, I was like, oh, I want to have the same feeling that the girls have when they come to work every day in their soul. I need that feeling. Like, I need that change in my life. And I asked them if they can introduce me to you. He goes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, that's funny, Joey, because the funniest thing is I've come to your work and I've seen you and I've always wanted to come up to you and introduce myself to you to see if you ever wanted to come to my house for training. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but he said no. If there was, if Joey really wanted to, he would come and see me and myself. So I did. 
Wow, yeah. that's so, like a universe thing. It was all aligning, yeah. man. Yeah, it was meant to be. be. Yeah, and he seen me at my work, and he always wanted to introduce himself to me, but he just said, you know, if I really wanted to do it, he knew, you know, I would just turn up, and I did. I turned up to his house, and and he was so happy. He just gave me a hug, and he was just like, man, Joey, you know how much it means to me to have you here in my own home and to have you train with us. And then I said, yep. And I said, so what do you want me to do? And he just said to me, let's go into my house and just talk. Let's talk. Like, and I go, oh, no, don't you, don't you want to take me into your gym and train me or whatever, like what PTs do? He said, no, I want to know you first. I want to see right, where you come from. Right. I want to know where you are, where, where your headspace is. I need to know. You know, I said I can't get you because I don't I, I don't know who I don't know anything about you, Joe. Right, so, right. We probably so we're at his house for like two to three hours and we just talked, 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 you know. Um told him where I've come from, my upbringing and how I got to be where I am today, then at that time and yeah, and then yeah, then I told and he told me what's what what's your phone? I said I need to do the 12 city selling the city to surf 12k run. I need to do that. And he was like, oh, yeah. So when are you thinking of doing that? I've already signed up. I've got six months. <laughs> I've got six months. He's like, what? And I go, yeah. And I said, I can't even run. I can't even walk 10 meters. So how are we going to do this? And then he goes, yeah, we'll get there. He says, small steps. But he goes, the thing is, the biggest challenge is to get there more than to finish the race. So we trained. And there was times when I, when I wasn't with him, I would do 1K a day, just walking, just walking. And then it got to a stage when I was jogging, 1Ks and jogging 2Ks. Then like, um, I think I got to about 10Ks and it was like 40, 48 degrees. It was hot and I was still running. Like I yeah, was see, that's, the- that's fucked up. I, I can't still fathom how hot it is over there, man. Yeah. So I was doing that every day. And then I was like, so I'll do that after work. And then at lunchtime, I would go and do a 1K run. So, because I lived across the road from my work. So I'll go to work. Then when it's my lunch break, I'll quickly run home, get changed, and I'm going for a run for 1K. Come back to work. I'll go back home, have a shower, go back to work. And then after that, I'll go and do another 5Ks. So it was like that for like six months. But I think I got to a stage when I was at 10Ks, like feeling great. I was losing weight. And I was achieving things I thought I could never do. And I was just coming up to like probably a month until the city surf was about to happen. And then I had this carload of people that just, they, they were FIFO workers and they, stopped and they had like they were eating McDonald's and they and I was running, they stopped beside me and they went down the windows and started like judging me and they were just like, You're too fat. You shouldn't be running. Oh hell no. You, know, you should be you should have been running and they you should be eating this and they threw their um McDonald's chips at me and just laughed and said, You're gonna have a heart attack and just drove off. And I think that was my breaking point. Fuck. Because I've me. never I've never I've never experienced it at that level before. Because to me, it felt like I was back at day one again. Right, right. Because it felt like, because to me, they've seen me for the first time, but they don't know that the last five months that I've been training to get to where I was then. To have that, like, to me, like, even just speaking about it, it gets all emotional because. Yeah, of course. They're not kids. It's not kids that are saying it. It's adults. Like, you know, these are full grown adults saying this to another full grown adult. You know, they should know better. So I, I, I think I gave that day, I gave myself two options there one of them was i could just stop and just who cares like you know they're right i'm gonna have a heart attack i'm too big i should have been doing this or i just get up and don't have to prove to anyone what i'm doing or you know where i want to go in life and just keep going and i made the choice i just keep going 
I just yeah, I keep going, bro. Yeah. Fuck. I think that was my biggest breaking point. Like, because if it was kids, it would be understandable. You know, kids would just say whatever they say out of their head. But when you got full grown adults saying that, you know, and they, and there was probably like five of them in the truck. And for them to say that, it, it, it got me big time because I could have, because I was saying to myself, man, they don't know me. You know, they don't have what, what I've been through and how much I've achieved in the time that I have now. Right? And for them to say that, they don't have that right to say that to me. Like, until you know me, they didn't judge me. But they had no clue. They didn't even, you know, nothing. Yeah, so I, that, that was my biggest, that was my turning point to, to get to where I'm going now in, in, in life. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy, bro. Like it's, That's um, insane. And that's why I always, always try to preach to people, no matter what, always be kind. Because we never know what a person is yeah. going through and what courage it took for that person to be where that person is. And for you to decide, I want to fucking change my life. I want to make it better. I want to get a PT. I want to change my life. And then you rock up and then you have these people just mocking you with McDonald's throwing shit at you. We don't need that shit in, in the world, man. You know what I'm saying? But You know, I'm not going to try to talk shit about them because we're not about that. We want to be the better people and we move on in some sort of way. It's like a blessing in disguise, right? Because you said it was a breaking point for you. You're like, okay, mm. I'm going to fucking prove to myself that I can do this. So that also yeah. just goes to show how strong your mind is. Yeah. I think that the mindset is, you know, you need that mindset before anything else, man. If you don't have your mindset, you would never be where you are today. That, that's correct. Like I, I, like my journey, the first probably year or two was more finding where I am my in my headspace yeah like I knew I couldn't achieve the things I've achieved so far if I wasn't in the right mindset like I knew that 75% of this journey is all about my mental game yes know? sir that's how right strong, how strong how strong my mental game is and and to be honest I was like kind of Because I was already, you know, five months into what I was wanting to achieve, and then my my headspace was was a little bit stronger than what it was at day one. I'm kind of blessed that it was me that they said it to, because if it was someone that was just starting their journey from day one, would have struggled big time. You right. Know? Like they shouldn't have said that to me, but like to me, I'm kind of glad it was me that they said it to, because I was able to pick myself up and have that mind. You know, right. to, you know, I've got this, you know. The, the thing is, yeah. I think everything happens for a reason. Those motherfuckers, man, they were meant to say that to you. And look where you are now, man. You you lost, mm. was it 100 kilograms? Have you lost? Yeah. yeah. To me, that's insane. And you're still going, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you didn't just pick one number. I'm going to lose 100 kilograms. Now I stop. Man, this is a journey, man. You, you're rewriting your book. Man, I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of you. And I'm feeling so blessed to be able to hear you share this story with me and the audience because this is truly amazing man now you. you made such an impressive transformation already you're not done can you talk about some of the changes that you experienced in your life already go for walks doing things with my friends without knowing in my head oh man i'm so tired or i've got sore feet or man. you know and just like doing 12 hours shifts for work You know, for a big person my my size, that's really hard to be on your feet all day and um, just walking. But I'm doing five-hour shifts and I'm going to the gym in the morning. I'm going to the gym in the afternoon. So that's basically a full day of doing on my feet and, and I can do that now. Bro, you're going and to the gym like, twice a day? Yeah. How often a week? 
I usually do Monday to Friday, but I'll do a set day sometimes. I'm very curious to understand a little bit about the type of training that you're doing. It seems like you do like a lot of skipping and it's a lot of some type of hit workout. Try to talk yeah. to us a little bit about the type yeah. of workout that so you've I, been doing. So I do a lot of hit sessions. So sessions that it's going to keep me moving. Right. Um, but I do also, I do. So I rather do hit sessions in the morning or hit sessions at night or it'll be either way or I'll be doing weights in the morning because I need to balance it both ways. Like I can lose the weight, but then, then I, you know, I need to be strong too sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing like your um, your deadlifts, your benches, your squats and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like those, those, those are, you know, I'm doing some heavy sets. Like my goal is to do 200 kgs deadlift. I'm at 197, I think, kgs of doing deadlifts. You're 197 and, then, um, and your goal is to... To do 200. 200, yeah. And oh, I, so you're I right there. You, those, those three kgs is Yeah, hard. yeah. They're if killer. Someone, so, yeah, and if I went to go get a drink of water and someone put three kgs on it, I wouldn't know because it's a mental game. Right, right. And, and, I, and I tell the boys, I say, man, if you see me and I'm going to do 200 and I'm going for a drink, I want you to quickly just put three kgs without me knowing and I probably can lift it. Right, it's a mental game. And then, yeah, so I, that's what I do. I do weights or I do... Um, hit sessions, but I love hit sessions. Like a lot of people see me doing it at the gym, they're like, "How do you do it?" You know, like, like how do you just do it? Like, there's like even like um, other you know like skinnier people, and they're like they're watching me train, and they're just like, "Man, you just smash it every day." I- I'm watching from over here, and I'm just like, "How do you do it?" And I said, "And I said, um, you just gotta learn to love it. Like, I right. love it. That's and, important." And, and, and um. Yeah, and and I said, and I don't make it like it's a chore because when you do chores, you don't want to do it because that's how much I really want it. You know, that's how much I really want it. I said, you can see me. Sometimes you'll see me. You know, I will struggle sometimes, but I will never give up. Some people that do CrossFit and stuff, and they're just like, oh, Joe, you want to come and train with me? Yeah, yeah, man. Like, I'd love to come and train with you. And I said, I'm just going to tell you now, though. Like, if I, I said, you you give me to do whatever you want me to do, and I'll do I'll do to the best ability that I can. But I only can do what my body allows me to do. But the thing is, I will find a way of doing it my way. As long as I'm moving, I'm okay. I always say to myself, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll just find a, an alternative way of doing it for my body type. And I think, and I said to them, you know, as long as I'm still moving, then I'm okay. CrossFit, see, that's for me in, in the realm of fitness, like one of the scariest type of gym workouts you could do that shit's tough that's like proper beast mode you know to someone who might not know try to explain to me how much food would you consume in a day so probably only eat two but they're massive two massive so break it down like what is massive what would a massive be fish and chips pies and just not just one like three or four and a whole two liters of fizzy drink and even that's not enough and that's just in one sitting that's every day or that could be twice a day but that's all we knew as in polynesian families but speaking for myself you know our families always go you better eat what's on your plate you know don't leave Mm. it to you eat all and i think that's the wrong thing to say and our plates are really full (laughs) so we just got to that you know and you can't leave it to because modern polynesian people we they don't like to waste food so it's like a disrespect if you don't finish what's on, on the plate and that's it. And that's all they say. You don't leave the table to eat all your food. So, yeah, it just becomes a habit for us. 
right. then and like I said, it's all who it's all we knew. Okay. Now, yeah. I can talk to other Polynesians too. I can talk to other Polynesians nowadays, and I'll say, "Did your parents used to say, or oh, eat all your food, or you can't get it?" Yeah, I did. And then we talk about, it, we laugh, and we're like, "That's the wrong thing to say." You know, you would we would never say that to our kids nowadays yes. because we experienced it and it made us to be who we are today. Yeah, like being a big person, it was like I said, it to me was normal. Yeah, it's all you knew essentially, right? It's all you knew, and I didn't see myself as someone different. Like I could see a skinny person there, but I didn't think I was that much bigger than them, because to me I felt that I lived in that body, so I just felt normal. Right. But right. the only way, like the only way that I would have, have noticed that I was way bigger than them is if there was a little gap and we both had to go through it, and they didn't like couldn't. That's when I would be, oh man, I'm Holy quite shit. big. I'm really big. You know, it's just something like that. That's when I started to realize, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty big. You know, <laughs> like. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like I just didn't realize until I had to try and pick something up the floor and I'm breathing heavily, you know, or had to go and tie up my shoelaces and I'm like sweating, just doing Jesus. the basic things. So, those and those were the things that I noticed. I was, yeah, I'm big, you know, like, and I had to do something about it. So, yeah, what's your diet uh, like now? Like, I, I still drink fizzies and I still have pies in there but I'm not excessive like how it used to be so probably be like once a week yeah like nothing that bad I usually just buy those little packed meal things and that's what I eat I think I need like for my mindset is to try eat more often than trying to eat one or two because then I'll eat probably three meals in one meal if I had to think like that so I've come to the sense where I'll try eat often but mm. little yeah. Yeah. One thing I'm always interested in is how mental health underlines everything in our life. Talk to me about the mental journey that you've been on. Yeah, the, the mental journey, like I said earlier, plays a big part in what I do. Um, like, and my biggest, I had to, you know, like I had to figure out where I was. If it was because poor head has been so hot, I had to like mentally think, okay, I need to walk to work or walk somewhere. I need to find all the shade and walk in those shades so I'm not getting get hot. Or I have to find a time in the day where it's cooler and I have to walk. And that's a whole mental thing. Like it's in my head. And just um, like I, I look at it in the sense that I had to change the way I do things to, to be a part of the world in the sense. Like I had to change the like, like I I did a documentary with SBS Channel here in Australia about um, what does Australia really think in the sense of being obese. I shared with them like I used to walk along the foreshore here in Mandra and it's beautiful. The place I live in in the Perth in Mandra, the area that I live in is beautiful. There's beaches just right like just at the end of my street and foreshores and I just walk along there and to me. I um, feel like as a big person and, you know, you, when you go to the restaurants on the foreshore, you want to eat, look at the view, you know, it's beautiful. But I always thought if I was walking along that foreshore and someone was eating, trying to enjoy the view and just the whole, you know, the whole vibe of it, and I walked past them, I always felt I was putting them off as a big person because I always felt like I was a person oh. that was, like, um, I always thought I was putting them off. Like, I was like, man. And, and, I, and I'm always having that when I'm walking past people at the restaurant eating. 
I also, like when I go to the malls and stuff, you will never see me walk. You will never see me with a food tray that's got the food in it. It's always in the um, takeaway bag because I don't want people to look at me thinking, oh, look what he's eating, you know? So I always say, I always get a takeaway bag. Or you'll never see me in a mall sitting in the middle because I don't want to be an inconvenience for people to move because I have to walk past them. So you always see me on the edge of the food court. Or uh, one of the biggest things is um, when you go on an airplane, like people, like people won't understand until you're a big person like myself. Like we, we already experienced what's it going to be like on the plane before we even get on there. Like people don't, don't realize that. Like we, we've already, we, we won't eat before we get on the plane or drink before we get on the plane. And then we get on the plane, if it's an eight-hour flight, we probably won't even eat or drink on the plane for the sense that we will have to get up and go to the toilet and we're going to be an inconvenience for everyone else because we're going to hit everyone on the way because the planes are so small, you know? So we won't eat for eight hours and I could be starving or thirsty, but I know if I do that, I have to get up and I have to go to the toilet. I'll be an inconvenience. So it's just, and even just like, like you wouldn't know, but like even the trays on the plane don't even come down, you know, to put the food on because of our stomachs to be too big. Yeah. And people won't notice because we don't do it. We will go, oh, no, we're fine. I'm not hungry. But people don't realize that we're starving, man. We're starving. We're thirsty. Man, I'm I'm so sorry to hear that. That's that's not okay, man. We, wow. Yeah, I I had no idea. So thank you so much for sharing that. Hopefully our audience can be aware of that never really thought about that to be honest with you bro yeah yeah so that's, that's just like just anywhere we go like even when we go on the airplane we're too ashamed to ask for an extended seatbelt and then like you know so as soon as i go onto the plane it's like can i have a an extended seatbelt when i get to the thing because i can't fit it they go yeah no worries but like to me i want them to give it to me straight away when i'm at the door because then like if they don't then they're going to come down the aisle with this belt and everyone sees them and they're watching who they're going to pass it to. And then I put myself in their position to get shamed. And that's why I try and say, oh, can I get the seatbelt? And they're like, oh, we'll bring it down to you. And I said, but then you've got to pass it over two different people that are sitting in my aisle and they can see me that I've asked for it. And, and, you know, like, and, and I hate that, hey? Like, I hate it so much. Like, I just kind of wish that the belts were there for us to grab behind yeah. the chairs or something like that. Yeah. More than the sense that we have to put ourselves in a position to shame ourselves and ask for an extended belt, just asking is hard. But then when they're giving it to us in front of everyone, it's even worse, you know, like, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's crazy. Like, like I always ask people, they're like, where are the most shameful places? And I always ask them, let me ask you that question. Where do you think that we will feel shame? And I said everywhere, it's everywhere. You know, on the train, um, documentary I did on with SBS I we went undercover on the train here in Perth and um we caught the train at the busiest time and I had three different cameramen in the train but no one knew there were cameramen we had it on the their buttons on the t-shirt we had it on the bag and we had it on the glasses so they they videoed me and I sat on this chair and there was like four chairs next to me empty and then there was a chair on up opposite me there was a row there but there was only one chair left and this lady came in, coming to the train. She stood there, holds the rail, and she stood in front of me. And then she just looks me up and down. I said, oh, you can come and sit here if you like. You know, there's four chairs there. And she goes, no, thank you, I'm fine. I'll just, I'll just stand up. And then I was like, so I moved a little bit more. And I said, like, you can sit there, it's okay. And then she said, no, it's all right, I'll stand. 
And then what she did is she turned around, looked at that one seat opposite me and sits in that one gap when there was four seats next to me. And then I was like, as in the camera, like the undercover team that was with me, they saw, they captured it. And they, to then it was their first experience of someone doing that to a big person, you know? They just didn't think that happened these days. And I, and I told them, no, it happens every day. Like, you wouldn't know, but I see it all the time. Like, as in when we got off the train, they just said to me, how do you feel? And I said, I feel, I, I said, they didn't, she didn't do it because I was a male. And they go, are you sure? And I go, because she sat next to, she sat in between two males. And I said, obviously my size played a factor in the decision she made on the train that day. 75% of it, of our weight loss journey is mentally. Like we're yeah. going through so much. And to me, I was like, man, the, the, the weight loss is easy. It's the overcoming the judgments of others that kills us the most. Yeah. Do you feel like that the judgment of others, you know, for you personally, do you feel like that you are mentally stronger now? I feel that, yeah, big time. My mental game is, I look at it in the sense of, I, every time someone judges me or says a silly comment or make a, a, you know, a stupid remark about my weight, I'm always thinking to myself, man, what if I wasn't this strong? You know, what would I, where would I be? What would I have done? You know, like I'm sitting there thinking, you're lucky you're saying it to someone that's really strong. Or I just say, like, if, like I had a person come out to, like, at a gym and he watched me for probably an hour just watching me. I could see him in the mirror. He watched me train. And then when I finished, I went to go grab my bags and he just said to me, um, what are you doing? I said, oh, finished. And he was like, don't you think you should get back on that treadmill and start running? Again? Oh, hell no. He did not say that. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, he just said to me, and then he said to me, don't you think you should get an operation? And I said, have you, seen your, have you seen your doctor? And I was like, um, no. Like, I said, are you a doctor? And he was like, no. And I said, are you a PT? And he was like, no. And I said, why should I listen to you then? Right. I tell said, tell why that should boy. I listen to you? Yeah. So I said, and I always say to myself, if I wasn't that mentally strong, I probably wouldn't have said anything. I probably just walked away, you know, feeling down, feeling, you know, my whole day's just gone down the drain. But yeah, I, I, my mental game is strong, man. Like I, yeah. I encourage yeah, I encourage anyone to say whatever they want about me, and they won't crack me at all. So yeah, hey, ain't nobody gonna crack you up, bro. Cause you have inspired so many fucking people, man. Like, look at you. You you're on the news now in New Zealand because of your journey. I personally think that you are a fucking beast. What's your mentality? Beast, like, do you consider yourself a beast? Doing what you do, what you've done. Uh, like a lot of people always say, oh, beast mode, beast mode, beast mode. And I was like, man, I think it's, um, it's, it's, I'm just doing the best of me, you know, like, you know, I'm going to, like you said, the next level of training is, is, is cross joint uh, CrossFit team here in where shit. I live. So yeah, I start that training on the 1st of February. So I've done the hard yards. The hard yards was mentally getting into the game. Now I'm doing the work. The hard yards is just trying to get myself in the mental space to, to tell myself, yeah, you know. And I think the hardest thing, like I always tell people, is the hardest thing for me was to accept that I was obese. Yeah, I didn't, you know. And that was that was I think the biggest thing for me was to say, yeah, I I have an issue, and I'm going to address it. That self awareness, man, it's just so amazing to just see how far you've come, truly. Yeah. I don't know anybody who's went through the journey that you went through 
and still going strong and going stronger mm -hmm. day by day. We talked about that this is a daily struggle and an ongoing battle, right? How often do you want to give up and why don't you? All the time, man. I, you know, like people think just because I do what I do, that it may look easy, that, you know, I might make it look easy, but it, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. You know, like, um, I think the people in the gym will know if I'm struggling because they see me every day. So they'll know that like they, they will see my face and they're like, man, he's pushing, he's, he's struggling, but he's still pushing through. And, and that's me. Like I'm a, I'm a person that I always say to myself, or I say to my friends that are training with me, I said, you can slow down, but just don't stop. You know, I don't give you the, you know, you can take your time, but just don't stop, man. Like, You're going to have your off days. You're going to have your days where you feel like you can't lift it, but you lift it yesterday. I said, I said, it's just, it's just, you know, as long as you just still moving, the blood's flowing through your veins and it's getting to your heart. That's all that matters, man. You're just such a big inspiration, man. Show them that if there is a will, there is a way, but you truly have to want it. You know, you want to yeah. make that change for your life and understand that it's tough because mental health, is everywhere. It doesn't have to be because you're a big person. You can be a skinny ass person, undergo some serious mental health. In the end, it's still all that mindset game. And I think once yeah. you unlock that mind of yours and unleash the true potential, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know what yeah. I'm saying? What does next level woke mean to you? To me, it's, it's in the sense of putting your body and your mind to the next level. You yeah, know, I never, love that. Never, never, you know, you just got to remember, you only can do what you can do. You only can control what you can control. You can't control something you can't, like, you know, and and just like myself as a big person, and speaking for myself, I only can do what my body allows me to do. There's no point to me trying to fit into a little gap when I know mentally I can't fit in there, you know. I might not fit in there that day, but maybe a few years later down the track, I can. But you just got to remember, you only can do what your body allows you to do. And, you know, going the next level, doing the things that you know you couldn't do and just pushing for it, just keep pushing. That's, 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 that was me from the start. Like I said, I had to do something I thought I could never do. And I just, okay, run. And I've done it twice. So, yeah. Wow, simply amazing. What's next for you, brother? What's next? Like, mm. what, do you have an ultimate goal or are you just taking it day by day yeah taking it day by day and one day look in the mirror i don't have a number but my goal is to look in the mirror and say i did it right you know just look in the mirror i did it man numbers can be deceiving so i just want to look in the mirror and say man look i've done it i've done it so until i get to that day i'm you know i'm still gonna grind man man i, I love that and to me already bro just with the mindset that you have mastered now you've fucking done it Because now no one is going to stop you. The only one who's going to stop you is going to be yourself. And I don't see that coming at all. In this podcast, I have a segment called The Fast Five. So I'm going to ask you five random questions. You're just going to answer whatever comes to your mind. Yeah? Yo. All right. First me. one. What do you think is the key to living a good life? Just be you. Be vulnerable. Put yourself out there and just live life, man. It's too short, you know? Too short. What is your deepest fear? Doing the unknown. Doing the things that I thought I could never do, but I did it. You know, those are the things. Knowing that there's a journey ahead of me and what 
I would have to face. Those are the things that I fear. What is humanity's worst quality? For me, it's judging. Judging those who you don't know. Like that's the worst thing that people, we just see what we see in front of us and, and assume. What would be the title of your autobiography? Not because I want to, or not because I have to, but my future depends on it. Poof, that was sick. All right, last one. What is the best compliment you have ever received? Uh, from Josh Lanarowicz, the number one bodybuilder. He said to me, you're doing something that other people don't do, is that you're working from the inside out. Beautiful, beautiful. Brother, thank you so much for sharing all this with me and our guest. Before we all finish, good, before we finish, I'd love if you could share some thoughts and tips for people who might be trying to lose some weight or battle through adversity. Just, you know, like I said, don't, don't stop. You know, you can go as slow as you can, but um, always know that as long as you're moving, the blood's flowing through your veins, going to your heart, that's all that matters. If you're 100% mentally there, man, you're going to do it. You know, like I encourage you like, to don't give up. It's going to be longer for some of us, but um, we're going to get there. That's right. Never stop. Never stop. Joey, thank you so much for this beautiful and lovely conversation and sharing your journey, man. Thank you so much for being part of the next Level Woke podcast. No, thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate your time. And, uh, and I'm grateful that I was able to share my story. I know, you know, I'm not the only one facing these things. I hope that there are people out there that, that are struggling or going through the same journey as me. You know, I'm here to support you and I want to be an advocate for other big people out there to say, hey, yeah, it's hard, but we're going to do it. Hey, guys, thanks for your time. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Next Level Woke podcast. If you'd like to see more, hit the like, follow, subscribe button and check out my other links in the notes for more content. I've got a lot more exciting stuff on the way, so I hope you check back in for the next one. Have a blessed day and stay woke.